Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason... The word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. <laughs> and he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. That microphone fuck up lets you know that we're live. <laughs> Welcome to the ass. My name is Adam Sank. We are live. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern time at adamsank.com. Today is Saturday, December 15th. You can call in and talk to us. It's your last chance to talk live with us in 2018. 844 825-5367. Leave the ass your ratings and reviews on iTunes. We just got a brand new review. At this rate, we get about one a month. I'd like to uh, improve that rate a little bit. So yes. if you're listening to this on iTunes, it's real easy. You just put in your five stars and you type a little message about how much you love the show. And then you tell all your friends and family, because we need to grow this bitch. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Uh, our guest today is uh, a, actually a close friend of mine and also an acclaimed author, A.J. Jacobs. His latest book is titled Thanks a Thousand, A Gratitude Journey. And uh, he was going to bring his wife and kids into the studio. It was going to be our first time ever having children. That would have been interesting. I was a little worried about that. But it turns out one of them's not feeling well, so they'll be listening from home or perhaps not. That's for the best. But before I do anything else... I need to welcome back someone very special to the ass. My long lost co-host who has been unavailable because he's been homeless <laughs> and selling himself on the streets of New York. Please welcome back to the ass, everyone's favorite frost pig, Ryan Frostig. I am back. The frost pig is back and making a mess. I have sesame seeds and poppy seeds all over this table. What else is new? Oh, what the fuck? What happened? Really? Yeah, already. Turn your mic on, JB, if you're going to talk to us. Welcome, JB, as well. You, you, you're clean, miss. You, I will clean it. You, right now, I'm in we already have coho mice mode. We wow. already have a mice you've been on. You've been uh, back for 30 seconds, and, and JB is reading you for free. We yeah. We're in a fight. Let's but, go. Yeah, Let's go. <laughs> I'll deal with you after this. Ryan, we have missed you so much. The listeners have missed you. I missed you guys, We've too. had fabulous guest co-hosts. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I have loved each and every one of them, but they're no Ryan Frostig. I'm irreplaceable, I'm one of a kind, I'm timeless, I'm classic. There you go. Yeah. And um, I've missed you guys too. And JB and I actually uh, got to spend some time together this past week. We went to see the Broadway production of Torch Song Trilogy. It was amazing. I fucking loved it. We both fucking loved it. It was so good. It's Unfortunately, soon after we got tickets, we found out it's closing January yeah. 6th. But if you're going to be in New York anytime before then, go online right now and get your tickets. It's really... I saw it off-Broadway, the same production with Michael Yuri and Mercedes Rule, and I loved it. But I thought, okay, what are they going to do when they bring it to Broadway? Right. It's really so much richer and uh, deeper now. I was weeping yeah. at the end. Yeah, he was. It, was. it was sweet. It was a very sweet sight. And my favorite part was when JB started talking back to the actors on stage. <laughs> oh, that is my favorite part. Of Come on, audience interaction. At one point, Mercedes Rule as Arnold's mother is like basically criticizing him for his being gay and his life and his choices. And 
And JB goes, shut up, you shysty. What would you say? He goes, shut, shut up, you, you bitter just, old bitch. No, I said, shut up, you shysty cunt. And I was, because I felt it, like, it, it, it threw me back to my mother. I just really want to tell her, shut the fuck up, you shysty cunt, because I'm in doubt now. Everyone around us turned around. I looked at me. And, and I, I was, gave no how fucks. dare you. Quite mortified. But, um, but it was a wonderful experience. And uh, thank you to our listener who is one of the producers of the show. I don't know if he wants us to say his name, but he got tickets for me and JB as well as for Derek and Romaine, and we are grateful and we loved it. Yes, swag. All right. We have so much to talk about today. Oh, I also want to thank Gail. Gail from Myrtle Beach, thank you for your lovely yes, Christmas Gail. card. We loved it. We, and we also love you. And we love you. Merry Christmas Merry to you. Christmas, Merry Gail. Christmas, Gail. Merry Christmas. All right. We got to get started. And the first thing to talk about, especially with Ryan back, is the RuPaul's Drag Race Halla Slay Spectacular, which aired... Uh, about 10 last days ago. Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As well as the first episode of All Stars, which yes. premiered last night. Yes. Here with his recap and review is our RuPaul's Drag Race correspondent, Ryan Frostig. Shantae, you stay. Well, here's what. <laughs> <laughs> Thank great. you, JV. That was a great soundbite. Um, we were all very excited to have a RuPaul's Drag Race holiday special. Um, and I think that we all, as the fandom, felt a little bit let down because it was it didn't know what it wanted to be it was very much like it should have been full camp holiday special classic just performances it was like it a was, che- like a cheesy 70s yeah. variety special i mean it was it was a shameless uh promotion of rupaul's new holiday album i think it's called merry christmas sis who cares what it's called it's all trash but if it had just been that, if they had gone all the way with that, we probably would have enjoyed it. But what ended up being the case was that it was like a, they set it up like a regular episode where the, all the queens come in, they get a cha- they get a mini challenge, they get a challenge. And, and they're just, competing to be who would be the, the Christmas the, queen. The first ever RuPaul's Drag Race Christmas queen, um, which we then find out that no one wins because everyone's a winner and that's bullshit. Right, so there's no real competition. There's no real judging, and the cast is surprise, okay. motherfucker. <laughs> exactly, the cast is okay. It's like a, it's an. I mean, they have Trixie Mattel back, who won All Stars, which Shangela was robbed. Let's always remember that. And um, and Shangela was there. She did not come out of a box, which is a huge missed opportunity. That's a miss. It's a Christmas episode. You're not going to have Shangela come out of a wrapped present. Although I will say, her entrance look in the. Um, Christmas tree inspired eleganza was one of my favorites, but still, that would have been a great moment to throw back to her legendary entrance on season three. This is what we thought of the special. Oh shit! Never mind. Keep going. You know, what, but this is what I'll say. I watched it again last night because I wanted to. I wanted it to be fresh in my mind, and I was trying to find a way to make it better. I was trying to think like <laughs> that's what we thought of the special. That's exactly what it was. Oh, yeah, all that. <laughs> but then I, I finally realized it just shouldn't have happened at all. It just shouldn't have happened. All right, so let's move on. That was a disaster. We hated yes. it. What do we think of the first episode of All Stars, which Ryan and I just watched moments ago? Moments ago. Well, as I mentioned the last time I spoke about All Star Season 4, the problem with this season, the problem with this cast of queens, is that I would say 40% of them, and there's 10 of them, so do the math, are actually all-stars and the rest of them are fan favorites catchphrase queens so the the pool of talent is very limited and i felt that very much in this first episode because once again we start off the season with this sort of like variety talent show where all the queens come in and they and they show their talents talents with quotes around that word and um, and uh, yeah thank you Derek. and None of them were that amazing. I mean, the the top two ended up being Trinity Taylor, who did a uh, sort of like tucking comedy musical number, which was kind of funny. And then who was the other top? Oh, it was Monique Hart, and she was performing an original song, Brown Cow Stunning, which was funny on the season, but I'm just... They're just... She's literally milking it. Huh? <laughs> And it's just not funny anymore. So who do you think is going to win the, the whole season? Um, although I am definitely rooting for either Latrice or Manila because I do feel like they are all-stars. They really do represent the brand. Trinity Taylor, to me, 
is the full package. She really is the most well-rounded queen, one of the most well-rounded queen to come out of Drag Race in recent years. And I really do believe that she should have won season nine. Sorry, Sasha Valor. Um, just based on the way that she performed. And so my money is on her, at least to be in the top three. I would love to see her, Latrice, and Manila in the top three. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm curious to see how Valentina does. I mean, she's talented. I think Valentina could be a dark horse. Yeah, I think, I think people she's tend talented. to think of her as just being, you know, beautiful and a, and a judge favorite without having any real talent. But she's, no, she's, she is talented. She's funny. She can sing. She can act. She has a lot going on. Um, and I think this would be a great moment. Someone like her really does need to redeem herself from her season. <laughs> you love those rupees. I love them. Well, we will continue to watch and uh, get uh, periodic updates from Ryan in the yes. new year, probably by f- telephone, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Unless he I'll call you. gets a new job or a new schedule. I'm putting that out there, 2019. Make it happen. Yes. Um, all right, so I want to move on to this Kevin Hart controversy. And uh, is my mic like a normal level? I, I yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I have very mixed feelings anytime there's a backlash against a comedian. Right. For doing his or her act. You know, I, I was a comedian for 15 years. I, I believe very strongly in free speech, especially free speech that's intended to make people laugh. Right. Right. Um, and not every joke with the word fag in it or queer or gay or whatever, even when told by a straight person, is homophobic. You can, te- you can say offensive words on stage without being offensive. But um, as everyone knows by now, Kevin Hart was chosen to be the host of uh, this year's Oscar Awards or next year's Oscar Awards. And almost immediately, uh, jokes that he had made in the past on stage and things he had tweeted started surfacing. And the common theme was that they all seemed to be very homophobic. Here's one of the bits that, uh, that, that people were, were complaining about. Every kid has a gay moment, okay? Every kid. But when it happens, you got to nip it in the bud. You got to stop it right there. Hey, stop! That's gay! It's quick. No! I don't know. I don't know if I handle my son's situation right, okay? He's at a birthday party, right? My son had a birthday party. He's playing. You know when kids play, they just play. You don't know what they're doing, but they're having a good time. They're just doing a bunch of stuff, right? They're moving around. I said, okay, he's good. I finished talking. I turned back around to check on my son again. A little boy was grinding on my son's ass. <laughs> He was like this. I, I didn't know what to do. I panicked. I knocked them both down. <laughs> JB, you're laughing. Because, okay, so I, I talked about this before. I feel I'm not saying what he says right. I'm as someone, I've heard this and witnessed this among my community, and this is normal behavior. So it's not, it, it's funny, it's relatable. I don't know. As a gay man, I feel like I should be more offended, but as as a black person, it's just normal to me. It's just... I mean, I'm glad central. you're being honest, and I think it is important to recognize context, cultural context. Yeah. yeah. But I guess my question for you is, should it be normal? Or should we try to work against it? I mean, okay, so... The, I, I feel like this is a job. Like, if you're doing stand-up, you're doing a job that's not how you personally feel in real that that's how i that's how i like to think of it if you're doing stand-up your stand-up is different from who you are this is my hope and belief so i don't know if he's like this in his personal life if he's actually a giant homophobe or or if he's just nonchalant i guess well here's some of his tweets from the past and we're going back a ways you know these are a lot of these are from 2010 here's one from 2011 and it's in the same vein Yo, if my son comes home and tries to play with my daughter's dollhouse, I'm going to break it over his head and say in my voice, stop, that's gay. Here's the thing, though, is that I don't think that's funny. I don't think, the, I don't think it's funny I don't think either. The, I don't think the, the stand-up that he did is funny either. And, and I know you've said before, like, you can be as offensive as you want if it's funny. If, if you can make people laugh, if you can somehow make light of something that's a little bit dark or a little bit controversial, then it's okay, but what I just heard, I don't think is funny. And it's not because I am offended or think that it's like homophobic. I just don't think it's funny. Well, I've brought this up before. For me, comedy is all about finding your targets, Mm -hmm. right? I always ask myself, who's the target of the joke? Because before I go get offended or outraged or angry or whatever, I agree with you 
on a basic level, I don't find him funny at all. Yeah. I don't find any of his jokes funny. I, I think he's a Dane Cook. I think he's someone who has tremendous energy and charisma, but really doesn't have any material. I right. think his material is kind of shitty. Yeah. But but I appreciate that not everyone feels that way. He's enormously popular. Yeah. He's a billion-dollar movie star. He's obviously got something that people like. But again, it's like, who's the target of that joke? He claimed after the fact that he, that he was targeting his own homophobia, that he was like the joke was, look how nervous and homophobic I am as a father. I'm the asshole. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't. That's not how I read this joke. That's not how I read the tweet. To me, the target is a gay child yeah. being actually physically assaulted for acting gay and also for acting effeminate. What's what's upsetting to me in the dollhouse tweet is it's not just that you're that you might be gay, it's that you might be gender non-conforming. You may not like mm-hmm. do everything you're supposed to do as a boy and to put that kind of pressure on children is what makes children kill themselves. Right. And and also <clears throat> children are beaten and murdered by their exactly. parents for this kind of behavior. It's the violent twist that I think is like and I again, I mean, I know that that's like that might be the experience. It is the experience for many, but I just, I feel like it just, it, it leaves a, a not so pleasant taste in my mouth. I don't and, know. And there's a whole pattern. I mean, the tweets go on and on. I don't know who Damien DW is, but he, in 2011, Kevin tweeted, why does Damien DW profile pick look like a gay billboard for AIDS? Boom. I'm on fire tonight. Why does Wayne 215 have so many pictures of me in his phone? What are you? Some type of fat fag? that takes pick of small black men all day at D Wade official. You should ask the question like this. How many gay men sweat when they wear dress shirts because real men don't laughing my ass off PS fag. This is someone who really has an issue yeah. with us. It's not a joke. It's right. not like uh, just one comedy routine or one tweet. Um, and of course, um, um, God, Mariah Carey's ex. Help me out. Oh, Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon came to his defense as did several other people. And, po- and D.L. Hughley, a lot of other black comics came to his defense and pointed out the inconsistency because you have white women like Sarah Silverman and Amy Schumer and uh, Chelsea Handler tweeting things with the word gay and the word fag and, and so forth. And it is nuanced, but all I can tell you is they're allies. We yeah. know they're allies. They're outspoken defenders of the LGBTQ community. Sarah Silverman's whole act is saying things that are horribly offensive that we know she doesn't mean. Right. That's a that's a character that she creates, and the real Sarah Silverman, which, which we also get to see all the time, is nothing like that. So, I, if 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 he was, uh, also you know, supporting LGBTQ plus organizations or doing some sort of work or some sort of like, was working more as an ally and just unless it's just like using our community as like a a joke i feel like it would be a little bit easier to digest it but because it just seems like he's just i mean i don't listen are black men held to a different standard absolutely, absolutely. no of course like, of course I, of course, I'm, of course, I'm of course. Not, I, I don't want to argue that there isn't a racial element in this of course there is right at the same time i've never heard sarah silverman amy schumer or chelsea handler do uh, any bit that approximates that they find their targets right and the target is always the homophobe the sexist the racist the rapist the the target the target are the targets are good targets they're mm-hmm. appropriate targets mm-hmm. again i don't see how a, a gay or effeminate child is a good target for a joke in any case the oscars said to him we want you to apologize for the tweets and for your stand up and instead he had that option he decided not to apologize but instead to step down and here's uh, the announcement he made so i just got a call from the academy and um that call basically said, Kevin, apologize for your tweets of old, or we're going to have to move on and find another host. Talking about the tweets from 2009, 2010. I chose to pass. I passed on the apology. The reason why I passed is because I've addressed this several times. This is not the first time this has come up. I've addressed it. I've spoken on it. I've said where the rights and wrongs were. I've said who I am now versus who I was then. I've done it. I've done it. I'm not going to continue to go back. And, and tap into the days of old when I moved on and I'm in a completely different space in my life. The same energy that went into finding those old tweets could be the same energy put into finding the response to the questions that have been asked years after years after years. We feed in the internet trolls and we reward them. I'm not going to do it, man. I'm going to be me. I'm going to stay on my ground. Regardless, Academy, I'm thankful and appreciative of the opportunity. 
If it goes away, no harm, no foul. So he will not be hosting the Oscars. Right. I don't think you're a, tw- a troll when you find someone's hateful tweets from the past and expose them. I don't think that's trolling. Yeah. And I also think it, it's not so difficult to just say you're sorry. Just say you're sorry. One more time, just so that you can, you know, well, host it, a pretty important game. We should note that after that announcement, he did tweet this. I'm sorry that I hurt people. I am evolving and want to continue to do so. My goal is to bring people together, not tear us apart. Much love and appreciation to the Academy. I hope we can meet again. Perfect. Yeah. If he had done that, there were, instead yeah. of putting out that announcement basically saying, I don't owe an apology to anyone, I think he could have hosted the Oscars. This would have been forgotten. I, I really, and I understand there's a free speech issue, and I understand there's the issue of trying to silence a black man, and I, right. I get all of the nuances of this, and it's difficult. But I'm a gay person. Mm-hmm. The yes, Oscars, the Oscars, and the and Hollywood and the movie industry would not exist without us. Right. LGBTQ people are an integral part. We don't need to have someone that tweets and jokes about bashing his kid over the head for acting gay as the host of the Oscars if we don't want them. Yeah. That's just how Sorry. I feel. JB, you seem like dissatisfied with this. Um. No. I. Again, the way how you guys feel, I feel differently i oh okay i played barbies and the guys in my family did beat me up for playing with barbies and i yeah i don't know we see the world two different ways and i understand what you guys are saying but it's not something how i it's not somehow i see i understand why he doesn't apologize because i feel the same way shouldn't apologize for something that you grew up around that you're telling the story about but don't you think it would have been better if you hadn't been beaten no, because then if I hadn't been being, I wouldn't be who I am now. I get that. I I, underst- I understand that, but I also think that when you are a public figure, everything you do, whether it was yesterday or 10 years ago, will come back to haunt you in some way. And if you don't address it, and, I mean, clearly he says he has, and I haven't seen you know his tweets or interviews or whatever he's done in the past to you know address this. But, like, he, it's, he has a responsibility to own up to it and just, like, I don't know. I just feel like... I mean, look, JB, I, don't, I can't have any idea what it is to grow up uh, as a black person in America and, and to live in that culture and be raised in that culture. But I know some of the shit that I was brought up with that I now see is... It's not okay. It's not okay and that I'm trying to change in myself. I just feel like the 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 fact that it's always been done this way is not an, is not a good reason to keep doing it. I agree with you. It's not okay. That's something I, something I grew up. That's something I know now. It's not okay. But I know that it's not okay. But I'm the future. This is we're talking about people who grew up in the past. My generation isn't beating their kids at, right now. Kevin Hart's like in his thirties. I thought he was in his forties. Someone Google okay, this, but he's not—he's not whatever, whatever the however old he is, he is loved and followed by millions of young he's people. 39. Right. Thirty-nine years old. So, but he's followed by millions of kids, teenagers, people in their twenties. Like he is a young person's entertainer. Wouldn't it be awesome if instead his jokes were about how fucked up homophobia is, rather than just reinforcing it and and basically giving people permission to keep doing this to children? I I just don't get. I don't see the art artist the artistry in it. It just feels like you're repeating something painful and hurtful to get laughs. Right. I just think it's cheap. But uh, I I understand. You know, we're not going to have the same perspective on this. Um, I also look at it from an artistic point of view, and I'm like, as a comedian, are these good jokes? Are they well crafted? Do they have a setup and a punchline and a tag? Is there a surprise? Is there a misdirection? It doesn't have any of these things. Someone is actually calling in, perhaps oh, to weigh in on this. Oh my goodness. Uh, we haven't had a phone call in I so long. Know. I forgot what that red light meant. I thought maybe the studio was on fire. Hmm. Right. I'm feeling some type of way. All right, caller, you say what? Hi, it's Charles. Hi, Hi Charles. Charles. Uh, hi, Ryan. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> What do you think uh, of the whole Kevin Hart thing? Well, I I want to weigh in with the fact that I'm I'm my uh, heart bleeds for poor JB and what he went through. Me too. I'm a, I'm a 55 year old man, 
And my parents had gay and lesbian friends when my sister and I were little kids growing up. And they ran so, brothels. Well, they, that that didn't happen actually until after my sister and I had gone off to college. That was a midlife transition for them. But uh, it's just one of these things to say there's a double standard because some of these white female comedians have used the term faggot or certain other language. I don't draw a parallel to, to that at all. The Kevin Hart jokes were violent-based and beating and bashing, and I've never heard Sarah Silverman make any comments that could be equated to gay bash. She had a tweet when, when uh, I guess there was a new season of The Bachelor a few years back, and her tweet was, um, I don't mean this to be offensive at all, but the new Bachelorette, or the new Bachelor is a faggot. Yeah, Which, we'll but that's like it makes us laugh because it's the kind of thing we would say to our gay friends. Yes, and exactly. because we know what she's saying, she's not she's not gay bashing. She's saying this is a total closet case, right? And that right. Well, that's what we and, would say. And, yeah, and I would make the same comment about all of the male cast of Vanderpump Rules, but that's just my allegedly. <laughs> that's your fantasy. Mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's you've got a point but anyway so i just thought i'd weigh in with the with the fact that sticks and stones can break our bones but n words can never hurt us and so Except the, they can the <laughs> that's the whole point yeah. words can well, hurt well i i'm sorry but we took back queer i don't see why we can't take back faggot and completely Listen, i love the word ryan faggot. and i use the f word all the time but it's in the same way that people of color if they choose to can use the n-word it, it, we have we, we, we reclaim that word because we've been called it our whole lives, right. but it is different when uh, a straight person says it, especially in a violent way. Charles, thank you for calling in. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a very happy 2019. Happy you holidays, too, Charles. Bye-bye. we got to move on. We spent almost the whole half hour on this. Oh, my um, goodness. And this was a major story, and I'm sure this actually affects Charles from Cornhole personally. Tumblr is banning porn. There will be no more of this on Tumblr. You know, <laughs> were you were you ever a Tumblr porn guy? Back when I was watching porn, I was I, I rotated between uh, Pornhub, mm -hmm. XTube, and Tumblr. Yeah, because Tumblr to me has no other purpose at this point in in life other than I'm watching the pornography. Video on the screen. First of all, I'm a Tumblr user still, and I support the people who. I feel like Tumblr now is for people who have OnlyFans, who are the regular people who are really hot, and they have their sex with random people, and they promote themselves and yeah. make money. But I like to watch their videos and stuff, and I think that's why Tumblr, Tumblr, is, Tumblr has changed into that now, and for them to get rid of it, would they lose all their content. They have no people, there was no reason for people to go on it. Photos, videos, and GIFs of genitalia and female nipples, as well as any visual depictions of sex acts, will no longer be allowed on the service as of December 17th. So you guys have two more days. Oh, my God. The company announced this. Female nipples will be allowed in posts only in the context of breastfeeding. So if you want to jerk off to that, go for it. Also, birth or health, including post-mastectomy or gender reassignment surgery. Those are the exceptions. Uh, the chief executive of Tumblr, Jeff D'Onofrio, said there are no shortage of sites on the Internet that feature adult content. We will leave it to them and focus our efforts on creating the most welcoming environment possible for our community. This happened, I guess, because um, there had been some incidents of people posting child porn. Whoa. And well, Tumblr just did not want to be yeah, liable for that. I did not know about that. I've never seen that on Tumblr. I feel like I have yeah. all the right people. Right. I mean, sometimes you don't know if you're looking at it. Sometimes you could be seeing a 17-year-old boy having sex, right. and you don't, or a girl, and you you don't, you know, you, you don't, don't realize know. it. But it's still illegal, even for us to be viewing it. That's yes. the thing. Right. So, but I think this is the end of Tumblr. I mean, I understand why they're doing it. Um, I don't think people use that service for anything but but porn at this point. Yeah, I, mean, I have a Tumblr. I've never posted to it. I, I, yeah, I. But I, I do remember because I've exclusively use the same porn site for like almost a decade so i'm good but the thing is is that there's what site is that ryan www.hotgaylist.com come Give on nice hot list. Time, why don't they sponsor the ass right let's let's reach out we would love that um but i i feel like the the big picture here is that 
there's just more, um, oh my god, I lost the word. Just filtering and, um, help me out. I don't know what you're saying. I think in general, I, I'm, I'm, I'm losing, <laughs> it's the word, what's the word? About filtering and about like porn and things that are. In other words, you can specify what you want to watch, and it gives it to you. That's not what I'm saying. Is that what you're saying? All right. Well, let's move on. on. Um, Because we have ten other stories to do before we talk to our guest. Okay. Okay. This was the other gag uh, this past week. Facebook is banning users from saying whether they're a top or a bottom. Bottom. But not verse. There's a new yes, you can say you're versatile, but you can't say you're a top or a bottom. Bottom. The new content policy makes things like saying you're a top or a bottom off limits in a move that the social media behemoth says will combat content that quote facilitates, encourages, or coordinates sexual encounters between adults and bars sexually explicit language that may lead to solicitation. There seems to be a war on sex happening. Censorship. Censorship was the word that I was looking for. Oh, very good, right? Yeah, I know. It's a word. tough word. Yeah, I know. It's really tough for me. How do we feel about this? I'm out. It's crazy. I'm it's outraged. absolutely insane because these are words that we use. I mean, we use them pretty much, you know, in in the term in terms of sex. But these are very basic words. Yeah, <laughs> and and I mean, there are plenty of like joke posts on Facebook that involve being a top or being a bottom, but aren't sexually yeah, explicit. explicit. It's not like, yeah. shove your big fat cock up my ass. I hope your kids are listening, AJ. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's just like, you know, how, what happens when three bottoms try to screw in a light bulb? You know, there, right. there's like jokes that involve it. And, and Facebook is now going to like uh, police for this. They're going to s- search the, the entire I mean, it's one thing multi-billion with, user site for these words. It's one thing with the Tumblr situation because these are like this visual things that you you can see like actual experiences but these are words these are actually these are just basic words that are used frequently I, i'm glad i stopped using facebook when i stopped using facebook because that was just getting ridiculous i think more people are gonna quit i think they're fed I up think between, yeah. the, between the russian collusion yeah. and the the money that was uh, given to conservative groups and politicians and and now this it's like fuck you facebook yeah. the only two social media platforms that are going to survive is instagram, instagram. And, Twitter, and twitter but and facebook twitter. owns insta so who knows when we're going to stop seeing naked asses on there too oh, that would be stop a- all this th- all of their things will stop because there's no more thirst strap pictures at all oh my god meanwhile yeah. we we talked uh months ago about this guy from miami brian dunomostier who pleaded guilty to tricking over 150 straight guys into letting him blow them on camera um, to remind you, he would uh, set up a, an, a, an, a meeting with them in his home, and he would tell them, I'm a woman, I'm a housewife, um, my husband's in the military, I don't want him to, see, to know what I'm doing, so as soon as you come to the house, there will be special glasses for you to put on, you won't be able to see me, and then drop your pants and I'll blow you. And just a reminder, here's what he sounds like when he talked to these guys. Do we have any voice? I had it. No, I swear to God, I'm not lying. What the fuck? I swear for my mom's I'm not lying. I got it brand new, and then I got it, I got it custom made. I'm gonna send you a picture of it when you was getting ready. Now it's getting, um, I only, the only thing is missing is the tire, the, the, the wheels, the rings. The I'd be like, st- who cares about your motorcycle? Yeah. Just suck my dick. Right. Now, does that sound like a woman to you? No. JB? No, that is a man. That's that, a, that's that's a, a man, man Like, uh, <laughs> oh my God. There was this thing on Tumblr. I saw a big Tumblr. It was a meme. It was a, right after Halloween. It was a drunk guy at the bar. It was like, when you see the same dude that you slept with on Halloween, that's supposed to be a woman. Mm. I fell out. Because that's, <laughs> that's a man. That voice is a man. Well, anyway, he was, um, he's headed off to prison, to federal prison. Um, as a reminder, he didn't just do this. He also uh, was caught in bed with an underage boy, and they were doing meth and having sex, and he was basically a total dirtbag. Yeah. But I still maintain that at least some of these guys had, had to, to have know. known. Because, first of all, the whole scenario is so crazy. You're going to go into a stranger's home and blindfold yourself, right. and, and, and it's a woman, but she doesn't want to be seen, but she'll suck my dick. And then, uh, in this clip that we just played, she's... He, He's a- 
trying to be she is lying on top of the guy. Exactly. And you can feel that this is a man. There yeah. are no breasts. He's very large. Right. Uh, he keeps touching him with his big man hands. I, I just, I think these guys buy it. either knew or they deluded themselves into not knowing. Right. And on that note, <laughs> what a segue. Our guest today is a best-selling author and journalist who's known for undertaking incredibly massive and unusual tasks, such as reading every volume of the Encyclopedia Britannica and then writing about the process. His latest book, Thanks a Thousand, A Gratitude Journey, details his quest to thank every single person responsible for his morning cup of coffee. Please give a warm-ass welcome to A.J. Jacobs. Thank you, Adam. Are AJ, you that my wife is a man for all these years? I didn't know. I think Julie's been tricking you. Yeah. By well, you're always blindfolded during sex, right? <laughs> I should have suspected. You're like, hmm, After like the fourth or fifth year, like maybe I should take off the blindfold. <laughs> a full disclosure to the listeners, uh, I, I have a personal relationship with uh, A.J., and Julie, I grew up with Julie. Uh, I was in their wedding. I was uh, one of the groomsmen, actually, in your wedding back in '99. Yeah, when did you guys sounds get married? about right. Yeah. Two thousand, two thousand. And also, AJ and I, AJ and I dated briefly in the '90s <laughs> before he met Julie. So there's I many wish connections. That were true, but I will <laughs> say you also the greatest stand-up set I have ever seen was. Adam Sank at my wife's 50th birthday. Oh, like, thank you so much. Than Richard Pryor. It was amazing. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, I don't know about that, but yeah, thank you. I, I, I have to tell you, I think you had just listened to an hour and a half of really boring, <laughs> terrible speakers. In comparison. <laughs> and so, it was, yeah. The amazing. bar was a little low. We had Doug Schoenberg's puns versus uh, Adam brother. Sank. Yeah. Well, A.G., let's talk about your book. Why? First of all, do you take on these experiments because you're actually trying to learn something or you, or you just you want to write another book and you need material. Exactly. It's all mercenary. It's all just to get that paycheck. No, I, you know, it's got to be a combination of both uh, or else I, I wouldn't be able to sustain it. Uh, but yeah, this one, this one seemed to, this one was because of uh, my son, my 10 year old son, actually, because I would, uh, I would say these semi prayers before a meal uh, but I'm an atheist, so it was. Uh, it, uh, instead of thanking God, I would say, I'd like to thank the farmer who grew these tomatoes and the truck driver who drove the tomatoes. And my son was like, that sounds nice, but it's also kind of lame <laughs> because those people aren't in your house, so they can't hear you. It's not doing them any good. So if you actually cared, you would go and thank these people in person. And that's what set me off. Uh, I chose coffee, much to their dismay. Uh, they wanted me to do, like, s'mores or something that they could eat. Or there'd be a lot of swag coming into the house. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the coffee does nothing for them. And, not uh, yet. Uh, Down the yeah. line, that it will. What's that? It, it doesn't do anything for them now, but 10 years, they'll be drinking coffee. Yeah, there you and go. And they'll be loving it. Well, I was actually thinking, you know, I talked about how you could do this for anything. You could go around the world thanking. And, you know, I wish for this show it were something more. It was like nipple clamps or something more. <laughs> Cock more, rings. Yeah, more yeah. ASS. That would be more on brand for us. Yeah, I know. Um, it, by the way, it's ironic that I'm drinking the shittiest cup of coffee right now <laughs> as we have this discussion. But you talk about uh, not only are you thanking the people responsible for the coffee, but you got really micro with this. You, you, you're thanking the people responsible for the cup, for the lid, for the water. That's right. used to brew the coffee. I mean, what was your criteria in choosing I just who, went who you were going to thank? Like, I went six degrees of gratitude because I wanted to show there are thousands of people that make that contribute to everything. So, yeah, you know, you got the cup. You got the, the lumberjacks who chopped down the trees for the cup. You got, by the way, this was most exciting vocab word I learned was zarf. The zarf, I thank the people who made the zarf. That is the sleeve, the cardboard sleeve that goes around the coffee cup to keep your fingers from getting uncomfortably hot. And I see you. And there's a great story behind that in the book, too, as there is with many of these inventions. That sort of was born out of desperation, right? Weren't they struggling? And yeah, then they, they came were, up with the zarf. I mean, the guy was, it was, he, it was like a classic story. He like went to a drive-in, ordered coffee, and it was so hot, he spilled it on his lap. And he said, this will never happen again. And he invented the zarf, and the rest is history. And, you know, the billions of zarfs are made every... I see you are going going bareback. I'm trying to get well, it. Well, I always well, do. Always. <laughs> but no zarf there. Look at that. Um, 
And uh, I also, I should have done this, because you can, I wanted to appeal to try to get into like Entertainment Weekly and People Magazine, so I threw in a celebrity, I tried to thank Beyonce, because I figured like, uh, you know, the guy who uh, drove the truck was listening to Beyonce <laughs> while he was driving the truck. Like to That's keep a bit it. of a reach. It's a total Did reach. Did you get to thank her? Well, uh, I didn't get much feedback from her publicists. <laughs> so, so, so just to be clear, AJ traveled around the world, um, right? How many countries did you end up going to? That would be uh, two. <laughs> two countries? <laughs> Including the U.S. Okay, so you went here in Colombia? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I tried to make, you know, I have kids, so I should have gone to Africa and, like, you know, thank some people who got the, uh, you know, minerals for that makeup. But I, I did go to Colombia and uh who'd you meet there i met the farmers and uh they were first of all that was the scariest part of the trip because i was uh going to this tiny town in colombia which by the way their entire industry is two stimulant crops one of them is coffee and the other is not as legal i love them both (laughs) (laughs) do your next book about the other one that would have been an interesting book uh but uh, and then we drove. The scariest part was they drove us on these cliffside roads to get to the farm. And uh, every time we went around a hairpin turn, the driver would do the sign of the cross, and oh I would God. be like, "Thank you, but can you do that while keeping your hands yeah. on the wheel? Like, can you do it with your elbow or Safety something?" First. Because it was terrifying. Uh, but we made it, and I thanked them for. So, so tell the me coffee. what happens. You show up on this farm, and there's a bunch of coffee farmers. They, they don't know you're coming, they or don't do they? Know. Well, I, they might have had a hint, but yeah, they definitely didn't know what my project was. So they were a little baffled when I tried to explain. How's your Spanish? No muy bueno. So you had an interpreter. <laughs> right. And I was there with the guy who actually goes around the world and buys coffee beans for Joe Coffee, which is... Yeah, he's I a go. major character in the book, right? He's a great character. I and, love him. And that, I just, I hate to interrupt, but there's so many bits of like nerdy, esoteric information in this book, which is why I love it, because I, I'm, my brain is kind of like yours. I love learning like useless things. I always assumed that the buyer for a major coffee chain would just be a businessman, but he's like a coffee fanatic like he he does coffee tastings right and he oh, yeah. knows that he can like detect a note of cranberry in one bean and then a smoky note in another bean and and he had to learn all this to become a buyer for joe's coffee oh yeah it's hilarious the list of adjectives that they have like he has things down to like pineapple upside down cake and he's like this he'll say this has an appley taste but he won't just say it. he'll say like what kind of apple this is like a honey more honey crisp this is like an over i'm like what the hell because i taste it and i taste coffee i still cannot can you can you i can't just, taste individual notes but i know when i love a cup of coffee yeah. and when i don't this is this is this came from the keurig in the studio and i don't know what brand of keurig it was but it just tastes like piss to me if it doesn't <laughs> taste like coffee then i, I it's it's bad yeah. Like right. if it's just like if it tastes like hot water that's kind of like dirt water yeah. like that's not I make bustello like hot dirt water. I make bustello yeah. at home that's my favorite coffee yeah. I don't even know what that is it's a wonderful it oh. comes in a brick it's Colombian coffee very dark cheap. really Good. cheap and delicious yeah huh. but so so I interrupted your story so you get there with the guy from Joe's his name is Kaufman yeah nicely done Thank not you. a Jew though interestingly well, that is Ed interesting Kaufman. for us uh. <laughs> <laughs> for those of us who are Jews. Uh, and yeah, so I um, I thanked them. They were a little baffled at first. They showed me how coffee, I didn't really know how it was, but it's like in these little, uh, they look like grape tomatoes and they're on the bush and so you pick them off and then they crush them. Are they red? Them. They are red. And they actually had me, they asked me to try it out. So I picked uh, coffee cherries for a few minutes and I was not good. They told me I was fired, and they, oh. they all had a good laugh at that. Because you got to – it's like there's a particular shade that you have to get. Otherwise, it's too ripe or too over – you know. So I sucked at picking coffee. What were the words you used to thank them? Gracias. 
I actually wrote it. <laughs> I wrote, wow. I'm sure that was worth the trip. <laughs> I did. I wrote out a whole little, because that's what they tell you to do. A lot, a lot of these gratitude books say, you know, you should do this in your own life. You should write a whole gratitude letter to someone who, who you, uh, you haven't thanked, but who meant a lot to you, and then go and read to them in person. So I, I actually did that. I wrote out, and I put it through Google Translate. And Which is always accurate. <laughs> yeah, so that's why, maybe that's why they like walked <laughs> out in a huff. But, uh, but uh, it was basically saying how, you know, my morning is made. I don't think, uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to write. I'm a writer and I don't think I could write if I didn't have uh, their coffee every morning. So, and then I, I said thanks on behalf of all the other people who come in and have their coffee and go off and do what, whatever. What did the farmers say? afterwards the farmers um there was i say in the book there what they they don't have crickets on the farm <laughs> but they do have some sort of uh insects and i feel that but then after a few like 15 awkward seconds of silence they were like you know gracias and then the the nice thing was they thanked other people because they couldn't do their job without hundreds of other people. You know, none of us could. Like, you couldn't do your job without the guy in Chile who gets out the copper for the wire. I can't do my job without JB. There you go. Seriously. He d I, there, I don't know how any of this works. I just sit down and start talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, AJ, you talk a great deal in the book. The book is really about gratitude. It's not so much about coffee, although you learn a lot about coffee by reading it. You talk about how important gratitude is in one's life and that it correlates with all of these other essential things. And that's what really got me. I got a little teary reading some of it. I love that. Adam, I made Adam Sank teary-eyed. That's Not the first time either. <laughs> <laughs> that time um, that you took that knife and slashed my neck with it. No, so, so tell, explain about why gratitude is important. Well, I love this quote that... Uh, Gratitude uh, does not, I'm sorry, happiness does not lead to gratitude. Gratitude leads to happiness. And I talk in the book who about... Who said that? It was a Benedictine monk whose name I can't pronounce. Okay. But current one, not like from the 1400s. Mm -hmm. So, but I do talk in the book about how I think I have, and everyone has this struggle in our brains between uh, the Larry David side and the Mr. Rogers side. Like those are the, you know, the cynical pessimist and the optimistic and i believe i was born with a very strong larry david like that is you say we're people. all hardwired we, to, to notice what's wrong in our lives and not what's right right yes uh, i mean we have humans have a negative bias uh and you know if you hear a hundred compliments and a single insult at least me what do you remember the insult so which is super annoying but it, it helped us when we were on the savanna in Africa, you know, 10,000 years ago to notice lions. But now, maybe not the best way to live. So basically, this book is all about trying to build up the Mr. Rogers side, get him ripped so he can take on the Larry David side. And I, I feel I have to do that. Like, you know, it doesn't come naturally. You have to be do a discipline. And there's one ritual I mention in the book that I've gotten a lot of emails about. So I... I, I'm delighted. Is it's the alphabet. It is the alphabet. I've been doing this the last no few No way. Nights. That is the nicest thing I've ever, I love. What are, oh, well, let me explain it and then I want to hear your version. Um, the idea is when you're going to sleep, instead of counting sheep or whatever, uh, or instead of thinking about all that went wrong that day, which is what I generally do, go uh, thank, uh, go through and try to thank, be, figure out what you're thankful for and do it alphabetically. So you could start at A, you know, I'm thankful for the apple pancakes, uh, you know, I had at that restaurant, which was awesome. Uh, B, could, you know, I'm thankful for Barry on HBO with Henry Winkler, which I think is just fantastic. So it doesn't have to be big things. It could be big things. It could be, you know, your best friend or spouse, but it doesn't have to be. And I have literally never made it to Z. I like fall asleep around G or H. And I love that you've tried it. Well, so first I did it with things I'm grateful for. And then uh, Lady, my dog, has been waking me up every single morning at 4 or 5 a.m. for the last few weeks. AJ just spit. That was a literal split take. <laughs> a split take. <laughs> with coffee. And I can't get back to sleep once she wakes me. So this morning it happened at like 5. 
And I, I had already done the gratitude, and I wanted something simple that I wouldn't have to think so hard about. So I started doing animals, huh. kinds of animals. Huh. And when I got to Q, I was completely stuck. <laughs> and I spent like 20 minutes Quail? trying to think of any... Fuck. Quail. <laughs> that literally... Did you think was, of it too, JB? Yeah. I said it before, right? He's just shady half up. I appreciate you heard me say it. <laughs> oh, we can't I hear you if your mic's no, on. No, your mic's I on, know, bitch. I know, but Because y'all do the guest interview. Don't buy me, but <laughs> Quail was the answer. Are there other Q animals? I'm trying to think. I couldn't think of any. And I don't know that I can think of something I'm grateful for that starts with Q. Well, that's that's easy. I'm grateful for queens. And queen. Yeah, Yeah, queen. But but AJ, you talk about how um, gratitude correlates with happiness, with successful having a successful relationship. I mean, it is crazy. what's What's the science of gratitude? Yeah, there is, you know... I'm very mistru- mistrustful. Is that a word? Distrustful. Uh, I shouldn't. That's my job. But uh, <laughs> uh, of of any single uh, study in social science, but there's a ton of evidence. So I do feel pretty confident. Like gratitude helps you sleep. Uh, it helps you. Um, Eat more healthily, people who are grateful. They uh, lose more weight. And you lose more weight, weight. You're happier. Um, you recover more quickly from illnesses if you're grateful. And uh, and it's actually like there are all these studies about if you're uh, about like getting job, like writing thank you notes. So even down to the practical. Which like you that. make your children do. You say in the book that you make your children handwrite. I like do. They hate fashioned thank you notes whenever someone gives them something. They do, and I make them thank Alexa, our uh, our little household <laughs> robot, which I love because they're needs like that. they. Yeah, say, nobody thanks her. She works very hard. She, she does. does. Yeah. Well, uh, they say like Alexa doesn't have feelings, and I'm like, how do you know? Like, right. You know, and first of all, it's good practice when AI takes over. Exactly. Like you mm-hmm. want to be on their you good want, side. Yeah, exactly. How so, many people did you did you actually end up thanking a thousand people? I did thank a thousand. There's an actual list in the back of a thousand people I thanked. And and, and you set that limit. You could have thanked a lot more. You oh yeah, could've I could have thanked some. And the weird you know, I was visiting people in person or emailing or calling and the reactions were varied. So some people were like What's going on? Like, uh, is this a pyramid scheme? What are you trying what to do? What do you catch? want from me? <laughs> what do you want from me? But a lot of them, I remember I called the woman who does, excuse me, there's something in there. Uh, <laughs> I went, right. called the woman who did uh, pest control for the warehouse where the coffee beans are stored. And I said, you know, this sounds a little weird, but I just want to thank you for keeping the insects out of my coffee. And she said, well, that is a little weird. But thank you. You know, I don't get, she said, I don't get a lot of positive feedback. So this is a, a nice thing. And she said it made her day, which in turn made my day. Because it's like. Everyone you know, wins. Everyone wins. Yeah. Like when you do, when you thank someone, it's not just good for them. It's good for you. Well, yeah. and it's not just about gratitude. I feel like your book is also about interconnectedness, about the fact that we all have, we, we all do our job, but our job has to be done. If we didn't do exactly what we were doing, then someone else couldn't do what they were doing, and that would affect someone else. Right. Like it shows you that we're all dependent on one another. I love that. Exactly. That's it. It's all connected. And that's sort of a theme of, I try to put that in all my books. I did the book before this was about how we're all related, how we're yes. everyone on earth. AJ is did a cousin. massive family tree. And yeah, I figured out how we're, co- including how I'm sixth cousins with my wife. So that was exciting. Creepy as fuck. I, she, she thought, so, I thought it was exciting. Like but not that spicy. surprising. I mean, you guys are both Jews. Yeah, we're both right. Jews. From the same geographic area. Yeah. Like, of course, you're related. I mean, you were related. And by the way, I did have how a are, whole How are you related to my family? Uh, I got to look that up. But the average Jew, Ashkenazi Jew is like fifth Cousins. So we're probably yeah. like Ryan's a half cousin. Jew, so we're mm-hmm. we're a little bit related. Maybe seventh. Yeah. AJ, in the time <laughs> remaining, it is time to play oh. everyone's favorite game. Ask me no questions. I do love this Ask game. Me no questions. Do you listen to the podcast? I do, oh, I'm so and I'm touched. honored to be. It seems that there's like five, ten percent uh, straight males. Very few straight yes. men get so on. So I'm honored. You're an honorary gay. Thank you. What is your favorite supermarket brand of coffee? Oh, that's a good question. Well, this is terrible. I I drink those bottled Starbucks frappuccinos, which, which are not coffee. They're just pure sugar, sugar and milk. And yeah, chemicals. it's terrible. So please wow. don't tell that to the t- coffee people. Do you guys make coffee in your home? We do. 
try Bustelo. I really think you'll love right, it. And it's I'm like four dollars a pound. It's I wonderful love it. coffee. Bustelo. Also, okay. Trader Joe's has a dark roast that's quite delicious. Oh, yeah, right. just discovered. We do Trader Joe's. We're fans. Sorry. AJ, name an idea that you came up with for a book that Julie totally vetoed. Well, this is I didn't come up with it, but I've gotten a lot of readers who say you should try to become the greatest lover in the world. Like, do you should go through <laughs> all the positions in the Kama Sutra. And I actually was the person it. who came up with this idea. You, <laughs> uh, <laughs> some friend of mine thought it would be good AJ. if I fucked as many women as possible. Well, no, that's the thing. They were like, do it all with my wife. Like, do all the positions in the Kama Sutra right. with Julie. And I pitched it to Julie, and she's like, no fucking way, because you know, we're first of all, we don't have the flexibility. And no, it's too exhausting. I. I I agree with her. I, I mean, doing the other one where you sleep with all as many women, that's interesting, too. I'll My Life to is pitch. a Man Whore yeah. by A.J. Jacobs. Yes. <laughs> so no. was that the, the only one? That, oh. There you go. Was that the only one she turned down? Oh, no. She's turned down tons. I mean, 15 <laughs> years ago, I, I wanted to do one that's actually not even a stunt now. Like, now it's just regular life. It would be I would only interact with humans for a month. With, through electronic media like i would only text oh that and sounds Skype. dangerous yeah but uh so like you know i'd talk to my kids i'd read in bedtime stories over skype and that kind of thing would you never leave your room how would this work yeah yeah i'd never leave my room that would be it and it was actually uh our niece's bat mitzvah was the turning she's she's my wife said you are not going to ali's bat mitzvah with uh through skype. via skype yeah <laughs> so uh i think that would actually Julie be a very depressing like and demoralizing experiment i think you'd hate it yeah, but it could actually be, you know, it would be it would a lesson. And teach us all how shitty living that way is. Right. Uh, AJ, is it true that your next book will focus on all the people responsible for your nightly cup of herbal tea? <laughs> I heard that was the sequel. <laughs> I do not drink nightly herbal tea. No. But, uh, but uh, that's a good idea. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I actually, I'm way behind. I should have, like, signed a contract for my next book. But uh, I'm hoping to do something on... Uh, fake news and and uh, truth oh. because i just do think that is very timely very and important. important it's like yeah. the biggest that's crisis maybe more important life. than gratitude is facts Your right facts now. are nice facts i are thought facts. julie would be in the room when we asked yeah. this oh i want so it would have been more fun but who is your celebrity crush oh well she knows i i will say she doesn't mind talk she i was talking about this last night she wanted to have a sister wife because she thought that like it helps with parenting and like i'm not very handy so i can screw i you know someone to help with the sure and her her sister wife is michelle obama that's the oh idea, yeah which i'm all for yeah i'm a, i don't know how barack would feel about it or michelle for that matter but, right uh, uh but mine i would say uh well, it used to be Penelope Cruz, but I haven't seen her in a long time. She's, still, yeah. she's keeping she's it up. She's still hot. Keeping yeah. it fresh. All right. I'll, I'll go with her. I thought you were going to say, who's that actress that kind of looks like Julie? Oh, well, there's Andy McDowell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. I will do that for Julie. Speaking of which, why can't Hollywood make a decent sitcom based on any of your books? <laughs> they are They've terrible. tried it five times <laughs> now, right? How many of your books have, have, have been made into a pilot one was uh, two ha one was a pilot and one actually made it onto the air and and it was called yeah it was about a book i did where i followed the bible and they did com they converted me they i was i'm jewish and they turned me into a catholic and, and they, they made julie's father a drunk right oh yeah no no it was my, my father was Ar my father was arnie who is a very straight-laced <laughs> lawyer in real life was a philandering drunk meat salesman that was his See, job they should just make it on your actual life well you're very nice aj last question of all the interviews you've given to promote this book uh for which one are you most grateful i am most grateful it was not an interview but it was i was um i was quoted by action star chuck norris and oh. uh and he wrote a column uh for he happens to be a psycho right-wing horrible yes, job. yes so i'm 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 not really grateful but i am grateful because it's funny that he chuck quoted you he in a writes good way? a column for world net daily which Ugh, is a horrible yeah. mm -hmm. alt-right site and he had a column about gratitude i'm grateful that i am a white male i think was the oh my god no he didn't say that <laughs> 
Don't sue me. Don't kill the me. The correct answer, by the way, was the Adam Sank Of course, the oh. Adam Sank AJ, I want to express my gratitude to you for being on my ass. The book, Thanks a Thousand, A Gratitude Journey, is on sale everywhere. And I have to say, it makes a great Christmas gift because it's like pocket-sized. It's a hardcover book that can fit into your Christmas stocking. So uh, it's available wherever books are sold. How can we follow you on social media? Well, you're very nice. It's AJ Jacobs at Twitter. And and I know the twi- that Facebook is going down. I just heard it. Uh, but No I'm more tops and on. bottoms. And no more That's porn crazy. on Tumblr, AJ. What are you going to do is, to watch your porn now? I know. I didn't even know Tumblr was around. So that was not- I've <laughs> Sure that. you didn't. I want to thank you for being here. Ryan Frostig, you. yes. you're going to be with us another two weeks. I know. I'm so excited I'm to have thrilled. you back. Um, so join us next week. We are going to have, this is exciting, our first ever live performance. Singer Erica Amato is going to be here with her guitar. Mm. She's going to sing Christmas songs. We're going to build a fire. Jolly, honey. We're going to roast chestnuts. It's going to be fabulous. Subscribe to Derek and Romaine at DerekandRomaine.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Have a great week, bitches, and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.